Hold the gravy podcast. Hold the gravy podcast. Hold the gravy podcast. Hold the gravy podcast. Yes, what is the good word? Hold the gravy listeners. My name is Hunter Romero. How are you doing today? Today is a great day in South Louisiana. We got a cool front coming through. That means one thing and one thing only. Make sure the stoves are lit. Make sure you grab the biggest pot you can find in the kitchen. Chop those onions. Chop that celery. Get them bell peppers cut up because you know what it is. It's gumbo season, baby. It dropped below 60 degrees this morning in South Louisiana. And while the rest of the country may not think that's a certain kind of feeling i can promise you all louisianians are thinking one thing and one thing only this morning we got gumbo on our minds y'all here in south louisiana and that's what this whole episode is about it is my recap of the world championship gumbo cook-off that happened in new iberia uh, only a little while ago and we had a great time down there on main street in new iberia we got to speak to a lot of great heads out there a lot of people who are involved in the scene A lot of chefs, a lot of people that really make the world go round with the gumbo flavor. And yes, that's right. This episode is only about gumbo. You will hear us talk. You will hear us taste. You will hear us smell. Gumbo is in the air, my friends. And we are so excited to be going into the fall season of 2022 here at Hold the Gravy. Make sure you're paying attention to Delcom Seafood and Farmer's Market. Our next market is November 5th. I'll tell you one thing I'm going to be doing this morning. I'm about to chop some onions. I'm about to chop them bell peppers. It's gumbo time, y'all. I'm making it smell like the roux in my house all day because it is 58 degrees outside right now. It probably won't get any warmer for the next few days. We got a crisp north wind coming over the lake here in New Orleans, and we're just happy to be here, y'all. The weather is perfect. We got Saints game on Thursday this week. We're going to be eating leftover gumbo until then. Without further ado, y'all, I want to bring you a very special episode. This is the gumbo recap of the World Championship Gumbo Cook-Off here at Hold the Gravy. My name is Hunter Romero. Thank you so much for joining once again. This is episode 19 of Hold the Gravy, the gumbo sessions, y'all. Check it out. And uh, yeah, you you can- Mic check. Can you hear me? Can you hear you? We're good, yep. All right, good. Oh, this is fun. Tell me y'all's names. I'm Mackenzie Richard. Mackenzie Richard. Don't mistake her for Kiki. (laughs) Michelle Bergeron. And tell me what y'all are doing here on Main Street in New Iberia today. So we are, I mean, we're the kind of company that serves everything you need for gumbo. So it made a perfect fit for us this year to be the presenting sponsor. Um, we want to do this for years to come and grow this event, make New Iberia um, a big pin on the map, bring teams from all over and have them qualify for the professional division. And we just thought since we do gumbo so well, being the originators of Ruin a Jar, starting with Miss Eula Savoie, um, and serving sausage and andouille and tasso and everything you need to put in a gumbo, it just made perfect sense. But Miss Eula loved to cook and she cooked for her family and she passed the tradition on to her family who now Miss Donna Savoy owns the company and passed that tradition on to her 
her daughter and her son and her other daughter, she's got kids as well. You know, it's just a family thing that you gather around the kitchen and you cook. So we have actually McKenzie with us today, who is the daughter of Ms. Donna Savoie, who loves to cook herself, who has also made some delicious food for the spectators here. You oh, want to tell yeah. them what you made? Yes. So um, we made we made we made cornbread dressing. We made some rice dressing. We have some sausage on the pit. We have pulled tasso sandwiches. Um, Cornbread dressing, we say that? Cornbread dressing. Sausage, yeah. we're just grilling yeah, sausage. Yeah, a ton of sausage. Um, just, you know, sampling it out, promoting our products. Um, it is a family tradition. Those, these recipes have been passed down for years and years, and um, we're proud of our legacy here. So, since 1955, I, I saw yes. on the logo. So, right. Mackenzie, you want to explain how Ms. Eula started all that? <laughs> yeah, so that's a fun story. Um, my grandma actually owned a just a regular little old country grocery store and um, she also raised hogs well it was 1952 i believe the price of hogs dropped tremendously um, so instead of losing out you know on all her investment she decided to slaughter her hogs and use you know everything she could for Cajun products. Well, she got the recipes from her mom, and she started selling sausage, cracklings, you know anything you can get. She used to say, "We use everything but the squeal in a pig." That <laughs> yeah. was her. Yeah. That was her slogan. So, um, boudin, you know, hoghead cheese, all that good stuff. She would sell it in her grocery store. Well, she got some really, really good feedback, and she was a go-getter. She, you know, she was a businesswoman. So, um, she actually, you know, how they have lemonade stands. Right, right. She actually in Opelousas, they used to have a store called Abdallah's. She had a sausage stand in front of Abdallah's. Wow. And people loved it. <laughs> I mean, they'd go shopping, they'd come out, and they'd get a link of sausage for a like lunch. Exactly. So was her grocery store in Opelousas? It is. It's actually, it's still there. Um, we, it's still a little grocery store. We sell our products out of it. But, yeah, it's down uh, Highway 742 in Opelousas, past Walmart. And our big factory is right behind it. Still have the old grocery store. But wow. Yeah. Keeping it in the family and, right. and definitely in the in the southeast region of, of Louisiana. and For sure. For and y'all sure. have spread globally. I mean, since... Uh, since you, like you said, you were the first to do ruin a jar right. mm -hmm. kind of sales. People know mm -hmm. us globally. We're just hoping right now just to continue to expand. Um, we only distribute to so many places right now in the South, and we're just really since COVID, we're we're trying to find new ways to get our products all around the world. So that's the goal. So it's not it's not anywhere except the South, or is it only really distributing we, here? We distribute pretty much right now um, up to Florida and to Texas. Okay. But we're we're in the works. So we're telling people to look out big things to come, new products. Mm -hmm. We're expanding globally, hopefully in the future, and we're just gonna continue to just keep pushing, pushing the boundaries. Yeah. That's amazing. That's all I can say for now. So we want people to just keep checking us. Find us on Facebook at Savoy's Foods. Good things coming. That's all I can say. <laughs> and and the the family keeping it alive for, right. for your grandmother. And That's right. Her name was Eula. Eula Savoy. Wow. Beautiful name. I don't know um, many people our age named Eula no. anymore. Right. Right. And the name Carrie. She just carried her way herself a certain way. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. A she smart businesswoman well in the 50s. Oh, yeah. and, and that's what she said. Um, she was a woman living in a man's business world. She always said that. 
And she absolutely was, right. you know. And it's she, still, I mean, it's a woman-owned business. It still is. Right, right. And it got passed down to her daughter. So, you know, keeping keeping the women. And, and how many booths do you think are out here competing with y'all's product in, in their gumbo? Well, we know there's 76 teams, but we didn't cook our gumbo. That just wouldn't be fair. I'm mean, going to tell you, Mackenzie, she cooked the other day for TV. And it's just, it's one of those things when you've cooked something for so long, and you don't really have a recipe. It's just you just know food well. It's just delicious. It, it's classic. You can't beat it. It's a staple in the South. So I can tell you right now from walking around, people are already using our sausage, our tasso. I mean, they can't use our roux here, but they go home. And when you need to whip something together, they use our roux. So right, right. We're not competing with too much is what we're going to say because we're the only locally owned business. And like Mackenzie said, I mean, Miss Eula's been doing this forever, and she built a food empire. Right. So there's no one else around here like us. It's the Louisiana staple. Yeah, that's right. It really is. That's right. Well, it's it's been great so far. I, I just kind of got out here. I wasn't here at 5 a.m. when they oh when you they missed, started the you missed uh, all the commotion. I know. I heard we were the, handing out shirts and CDs and koozies. Oh, they went man. like hotcakes. Is there any more shirts? Because I do we're like out, that. We're out, but we'll find you one. All right. You can't find this yellow anywhere else. I right? know. I know. <laughs> it's the Savoy's yellow. I, I mean, agree. It's it's a good color. It's a great logo. Kind I noticed of our it. Trademark. Y'all were my first. <laughs> I catch her that I was like, all right, well, I'm going to go introduce myself. Oh, yeah, look for the bright yellow tent. That's right. Well, I'll be around if, if you all want to send any more uh, Cajun royalty over here. to. We'll send some food. Kiki will whip up some stuff that yeah. she's cooking and bring it for you to taste That's and great. talk about. We're about Absolutely. to do a taste test. There you go. That's why we set up the long table. So right. bring us all the food down here on a nice Sunday in New Iberia. So thank you all again for sitting with me. Thanks for having us. On thank Hold so the much. Gravy. We'll see you all soon. All right. Yeah, T tell me your name. Sure, it's Thomas Falgu. Thomas Falgu, and what do you do here? I'm the president and CEO of the Great Iberia Chamber of Commerce. This is our, our 32nd annual World Championship Gumbo Cook-Off fundraiser for the chamber. Wow, 32 years. 32 years. So we it's a bit... We did skip that one year for COVID, but, you know, so 33 years ago when we started this was to pay off the debts on the chamber building, which we bought, and it's on downtown Main Street, and we've, it's paid for, so the funds we use to raise from this event, the World Championship Gumbo, helps us operate the chamber year-round. Wow. So now um, it's almost a, a sustainable event every year. And uh, well, you know, it does take, it takes the community and the, the people coming out and supporting it first, the cooking teams as well, the sponsors. Uh, as far as, you know, it's, it's kind of like down like a science now for after 32 years, you know, the judging process, the, which, which you have to be set up, a, you know, by two weeks out, three weeks out, uh, a week out, those kind of things, what things need to be lined up six months out, a year out. Uh, we'll probably sit down and critique and look at this year sometime in November and start planning in January for next year. I mean, it's, it's an ongoing process. We have 21 fabulous board members that work with us through the chamber. Lots of volunteers from cooking teams to, uh, you know, volunteers in the, in the beer booths and the ticket booths. There's no way we could do this just on our three staff at the chamber and, the, and or just extended volunteers. Our board, 21 member board members. Uh, each one of our board members is a chamber member, so their business belongs, or their association or organization they're in belongs to the chamber as a member. We have probably over 320 members, maybe a little less than that, but uh, that's about an average number right now. Those members are businesses in our community that we advocate on their behalf. And so through Gumbo Cook-Off, we raise dollars through the funds we raise in these two days to help 
offset the cost of you know not their membership is not does not generate enough revenue to operate the chamber and that helps us keep our membership dues at a fee that's affordable to our members through our other fundraisers like gumbo cook-off that's interesting so i mean this is obviously this is y'all's biggest event absolutely the year. absolutely and is there yeah. is there some smaller satellite events sure we, we not necessarily gumbo but in the fall we'll do a very in, around christmas time a very very christmas quest we want folks to come out and shop iberia parish shop new iberia and so when the Christmas time, our very, very Christmas fest, Christmas quest, not fest. Uh, <laughs> it would have been a good name for it. It would have been. <laughs> so, you know, it's it, get people to go to shops that they may not normally go to going into our businesses. And so those individuals that we had, I think we had maybe 50 stops. And it's kind of like a scavenger hunt, not quite a scavenger hunt, but similar. So there's different uh, kid activities at all those different stops. And those individuals will... The businesses there, uh, they may be giving away stuff. They may be giving away discounts, coupons, food. Uh, you know, I'll give you an example. Last year, suit up. They had the kids making Christmas snow globes. Uh, we had uh, Dominique Auto Sales. I think like, I don't know if their name had changed before or after, but it was Cousins at one time. They had box car races, so did the kids in little nice. box, just like cars and running around in a circle just a race like that like a car race so and then all those kids if they complete seven at least seven stops they get a sticker they drop it off at the last stop uh and their family is it's joint the adults and their family get some of the prizes but the kids are getting prizes the whole day the whole time so they're getting sugar cookies and candy and cake food and fun and craft things they do and experience it's a great event so that happens around christmas time and then we also do a banquet, which is for our members, and we do a banquet that raises a little bit of funds. A little bit of funds we raise on our eggs and issues where we'll bring in our local legislative delegation, have them listen to uh, the crowd and ask questions. And tell us what's coming up in the session. Tell us what happened at the end of the session. We also do a business after hours where we have our businesses networking. And it's, it's not so much as a fundraiser, but a little bit of money. But this is the largest fundraiser of the year for us, the championship, World Championship Gumbo Cook-Off. You know, on Saturday, we were out here. Uh, the Saturday is always the Creole Food Fest. We work with a civic club called On Tap. That civic club does a 5K room run. That kicked us off Saturday at 8. At 11, 10, our bands played from 10 to 7. We had three different bands yesterday. We have two today. Uh, when those bands finished at 7, you know, we start picking up and volunteers doing that. But yesterday was a Cajun Creole Food Fest. You had uh, jambalaya, you had seafood stuffed potatoes, crab cakes, uh, anything you would have wanted to eat. You'd almost hamburger, one of the best hamburgers I ever had in a year, uh, ever. Uh, lots of great food, lots of great opportunities. It's, you know, it's just a, a great day to come out and family fun. Of course, we sell beer, soft drinks, water, Powerade, those products are also uh, the tickets it's not it's a free event to come and listen to the music right. on both Saturday and Sunday uh, you can bring your long chair just come out and sit enjoy the music we ask that there's no ice chest no pets uh, the tickets you want to buy are only for drinks and food that you want as much as you want to eat or drink you buy yep. those tickets uh, we are very glad on and then we also had the meanest beans contest Saturday and a youth gumbo cook-off our youth 
We want to kind of get them involved and get them when they're young and hopefully keep that culture going. Yeah, yeah. Keep that uh, experience of gumbo cook-off and maybe they'll become adult teams someday. Right, and showing I'll, showing the kids how special this absolutely. environment is, how special this this sort of uh, cultured cuisine is, you absolutely. know, to the area. And, I mean, uh, everything you're saying to me makes it seem like your biggest goal is to really bring back tourism to New absolutely. Iberia. And, you know, yes, it is. And it, primarily it's a fundraiser for the chamber, the, the dollars we raise here. But it does so much more for beyond just the, the chamber and the gumbo cook-off, the tourism dollars, the thing. It's probably about a $1.8 million economic impact for our parish. We have hotels that are, are pretty busy this weekend and some full bed and breakfasts downtown. Even though it's a large food event on Saturday, when you end that around 4, our restaurants still have people coming yeah, in. You know, yeah. there are people that come from out of town, uh, teams, guests, what have you. So on the Friday night before, we don't do anything. Their restaurants are starting to see some, some you know, impact of that. We, there's uh, hotel impact, the, the tax dollars, you know, whatever it is they're spending in this area helps generate a little revenue. It's about a $1.8 million economic impact. That's amazing. Community. I mean, even now, even today, you know, on a beautiful yep. day, we see some locals kind of sitting outside of the bar room and we're, we're kind of on the street. So yeah, you can buy you a beer right there or you can go inside the this little, little watering hole and, and just kind of show yep. back, you know, what, what new Iberia yep. kind of does to this and, place. And you know, so. it, on Sunday, today is our world championship gumbo cook-off. There's over 76 teams. Uh, there's three different categories. Chicken and sausage is the biggest, po- most popular category. We also have uh, a, a amateur and professional division. In the, in the professional, it's either seafood or non-seafood. And in the non-amateur, it's chicken and sausage, seafood, or what we call melange. Uh, if you have okra in your gumbo, it's in the melange category. Every year I do a podcast or a news or anything, I've, people ask me if there's going to be tomatoes in the gumbo. We don't typically have tomatoes in a Cajun culture gumbo, right, right. more in a, a Creole or more of a t- an Italian right. thing. I think it's more of like a sauce pecan if, if you got like tomatoes you would in think, it. Yeah, you would think so. Right. But if somebody has tomatoes in it, it would be in the melange category, and which would be like duck or rabbit or... Melange is another word for other. I yes, assume. I guess you could say, I, you know, <laughs> I never looked up the word. I just, I've learned how to say it last year because I was calling it Malang, or I don't know how to pronounce it for years. As a, you know, last year was my first year with the chamber, and I came on maybe by, in August. So I always said I was baptized by gumbo. Yeah. You know, I came in, and you know, then we also the teams compete. It's going to be great. You know, about three thirty today, we'll be announcing our winners. Uh, and they, brought, they, 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 you can see if you walk around, and you'll see the teams from years past with their trophy display there. On, yeah, you know, no, their cups they've won over the years. So. There's some fan favorites out there on the numbered yep, booths. Yep. You know, you can really tell where the crowd is gathering. I guess for uh, booth number one, yep, our yep. friend Curtis Louvier. Yes. Curtis has been with us since day one. You right. Know, I, the very first uh, gumbo cook-off, I was 33 years ago. I'm 54, so I guess I was 21, 22. And I was in the, uh, I was in college, and I was a board member of the American Red Cross. We had a local chapter here. Now it's kind of merged with, you know, much larger chapters. But uh, we had a team in that gumbo cook-off, and I, I, to this day, I still can't cook. Never cooked a gumbo in my life. I, I probably should learn as running the gumbo cook-off. But uh, <laughs> I won't tell nobody. I don't, I don't judge. <laughs> I don't judge it. So you won't have to worry about me judging the gumbo cook-off. But uh, we did. Uh, we did a gumbo that day, and I always kind of said that gumbo probably needed first aid. <laughs> the Red Cross was, but back then, it's interesting. There were 14 teams 
and there's 70, 70. We've, we've had a hundred some year. Wow. Uh, so, you know, this is great. This is probably going to be one of our record crowds, it looks like. It's yeah. A lot of people out here, a lot of fun, great weather. Uh, you know, it, if you're looking for the best gumbo ever, come down to downtown New Iberia on the second weekend in October. You will not find a better gumbo anywhere in the world. It's true. It's true. And, and uh, you know, if you don't have it on your first bowl, just That's walk right. about That's 15 right. feet to the next tent. And you know, and even the youth gumbos, some of those youth gumbos were ever bit as good as what you'll have on Sunday with the adults. I can imagine. They really were. They, they're learning from the best, Absolutely. you know. They're, uh, they're pawpaw and their mama oh. showing them. Showing them how to do it, hopefully, you know. And, you know, and I want to also give a shout-out to our, our presenting sponsor this year, Savoie's Sausage and Food Products. They're, they're a great, tremendous company, locally-owned Cajun product company out of Opelousas. They're our presenting sponsor. Our legacy sponsor, McElhenney Company, who's the Tabasco product has been with us from the beginning. And many other sponsors, if, you know, thanks to all of them. Those dollars help us, you know. The behind-the-scenes stuff, you know. Right. You, you have to have dumpsters. You have to have. Oh yeah. Uh, porta potties, bowls for the gumbo to go in. The, you know, all of the the, the advertisement, the things. You know, we we do a lot with Louisiana uh, Travel If anybody's listening outside of Louisiana, please look at Louisiana Travel and uh, to visit Louisiana and plan your trip today because Louisiana has it going on. There's a lot of food and festivals. Just about almost every weekend in Louisiana. That's it. You're in the busy season That's now. Right. Downtown, and we're, you know, we're, we're we blessed with that weather right now we too. Kinda, we since kick, the shrimp festival, yes, in Iberia <laughs> Parish, we started with our shrimp festival in August. Uh, my dad years ago used to be uh, the president of the shrimp festival nice. many many years ago. So it runs long in the family. Before, so long before I was born, I was not around back then when they lived in Delcom. Uh, and then, uh, you know, the the sugarcane festival came after gumbo cook-off. Uh, in a few weeks, we're going to have our Beneath the Balconies downtown New Iberia. People can come back out. Great performances on all the balconies. Look at all this great old architecture we have yeah, downtown right. New Iberia. And then a few weeks after, or maybe that same week, I'm sorry, the, we'll have our Halloween parade. and nice. the band. I don't know who the band is. I should have known that, I guess. It's all it's happening so, in Iberia. So, and it's not something we do, but you know, as part of the chamber, if there are chamber members like the, the folks that put on Beneath the Balconies, Iberia Cultural Resources, Association, we help them, and they're a chamber members. So, uh, you know, it's it's just great. I mean, you know, it's it's th- this this event also when it started. You know, the the downtown area has changed a little, like a lot of downtown areas. We have some shops still. We now have some offices, some bed and breakfasts. But when it started, it was a lot of shops. So on that Saturday, when, the first year they didn't have this. Once they added that Saturday, it was to have people shop downtown. And so you know, having this event in downtown New York, there's not another better place to do. You know, shout out to the city forefathers who put the parking lot where it used to be a courthouse and some other things. So at the time, there were probably people upset about doing right, that. But right. I can tell you, having that today is unbelievable. So shout out to those people who That's voted it. for that when I was probably about 10 years old. <laughs> they made the perfect festival layout yep. without, I guess, even realizing yep. how many people were going to enjoy this on, on a nice Sunday yep. and in the fall. And, and again, man, the weather is, is such a... A savior for Louisiana festivals yes. because it's a it's a you huge gamble. You never know. You, you just know. you pick that date and it, then you just roll. And with I'll it. say this too: a lot of people said, "Well, you know, this is why you don't do it when it's colder, when it's gumbo weather." Well, you know, it's an outside event, and you know, the second week in second weekend in October has been good to us for thirty something years. Knock on wood, we have not had a storm come in in those times. 
with the exception of the year of COVID, right. that was a storm in our area. Uh, that could happen, you know, and when, if it's really cold outside, and a lot of people's not going to necessarily want to get out. And you know, this is right, you know, and in some years it's been really hot, you know, and it, it could be really hot in January. And you, yeah, it's it's so really, really unpredictable. That's right. We're we're taking every chance we can with just putting on an outdoor event. I think in Southern Louisiana, and and you're almost in the in the tropics, and Absolutely. you're you're just picking a date and you're running with it for a whole year, and you have to promote that date and you have to tell all your vendors that's the date all your porta potty rentals everything and then you just hope for the best once Absolutely. that weekend forecast comes out you know so next year it'll be the second week in october uh i don't have the, i can get those exactly i think it's the 14th and 15th next year uh i'll tell you real quick October usually being such a busy time in Louisiana and really such a good thing for people that are out of state to come through. And, and uh, I always tell people I meet from all over the country or all over the world, you know, if you're going to visit Louisiana, I would suggest doing it in October or April because yep. that's kind of our our peak seasons, our, our spring festivals and our fall festivals. They're kind of all happening Absolutely, during that time. Yeah. It will be October 15th and uh, 14th and 15th, 2023. Amazing. Amazing. And, and you heard it here from Mr. Thomas in charge of the Chamber of, of Iberia and, and just out here just spreading love on his UL golf cart. That thing is sick, man. <laughs> I, am, I am a UL graduate. Oh, it's killer. Uh, and, and, you know, you, you got the presence out here. You're dropping and, and, off. And I want to say that, too. Thanks to our, our new chamber member, Koto Custom Carts, for lending us some golf carts this weekend. Nice. We could not have done That's his, actually. We could not have done that without him. Oh, yeah. You need those. That's a, it's a necessity Absolutely. In, in any event planner's weekend. So, yeah, man, I was over there listening to Gino Delafosse. It sounded great in, in the... Uh, the pavilion, it's, it's, it's nice. A, it's a steamboat pavilion. So you're, when the when the steamboats used to come up and down the travel of, of the, the Tesh, Bayou Tesh, which is, you know, again, the beautiful, right on the beautiful Bayou Tesh. Historic. It's correct. And then, so the steamboats would drop off their product, and that's what that building was gotcha. way back when. And, you know, Bulleny is one of the first families who settled here, the Spanish family, and it was the, the plaza was named after Mr. Francis Bulleny. And uh, just, you know, just... Lots of great culture in this it area. And it really is. Food is one of those things we enjoy. We, you know, and, and I'll say this a lot of times when I'm at, you know, this event, the Chamber of Commerce, our businesses, our other festivals, it really highlights why New Iberia, Iberia Parish, is really one of the greatest places to live, work, and play. It's sugarcane time. Yep. You know, I, I always catch myself driving through on, on, on a nice fall afternoon, seeing the sugarcane burn, and all the trucks and the smell in the air and it's definitely a vibe man it is, it's it is. it's an iberia thing and if you haven't been down in new iberia if you're listening to hold the gravy you got to make your plans you got to get down here and and uh we we just appreciate being able to come and talk to whoever we can each and every year you know so well thank y'all for being here thank you my friend we'll uh Hopefully I can get my hands on some bowls of gumbo we get get to taste in here pretty soon before it's all sold out. Yeah, you got to do that. <laughs> all right, my friend. All right. Thank, Thank you, you again. All right. Tell me your uh, your full name. Rob Cowan, and I'm the first vice chair for the Great Iberia Chamber of Commerce. Nice, nice. Yeah, I just spoke with uh, Thomas, who's the director of the, of the chamber, and... Uh, 
we spoke on what's going on today and, and what we're doing here on Main Street and, and what's your role in, in today at least, the significance of the event. So as, as the first vice chair with on the chamber board, you become the chairman of this event, of the Gumbo Cook-Off. So had the, the distinct privilege to do this. This is an event that I've loved to attend before being on the chamber board. Right. So to have the opportunity to obviously join the board and then have the opportunity to, to work in the background and, and help make sure everything's moving along as it should was uh, fantastic. and. A great privilege to work with all the committed people of the community to make this happen. If you look around, it's a huge event, and it's all volunteers driving this. So it's it's a it's a fantastic event for the community and good to see. And do you think this is this is sustainable for New Iberia, for Iberia Parish, for you know the tourism dollars coming in? How do you think this sort of boosts the fall? Um, you know, yeah. now of of course this is the thirty second annual. Uh, championship gumbo cook-off so it is sustainable um, you know we were one of the first festivals to come back uh, last year after COVID the right. COVID break and and last year was good attendance this year I wouldn't necessarily say double but it's definitely more than, than what we saw last year just seeing the amount of tickets we're selling yeah and and talking to some of the boosts the gumbo the number of gumbos and, and bowls of gumbo that they're selling is outstanding wow. and you know I was just talking to a couple of the uh, of the chefs and just we have a large crowd but everyone's here having a good time no issues and you know it's just uh, i think a little bit of that southern hospitality too that's it yeah that's great and and so many chefs visiting from from out of state as well right yeah actually uh, we have some of our uh, high school students earning you know credit hours for for their uh for for their school and so we're asking them to go and talk to people and see where they're from. And actually, before I came to, to talk to you guys, I was just looking at some of their uh, their survey sheets. And we have someone from Venezuela, a lot from Texas, Michigan. So, I mean, obviously a lot from Louisiana too, but it's good to see some people from outside of Louisiana. So it's, That is good. Yeah, we're, wow. we're, we're, we're reaching outside the community. Which you got to let me know what uh, booth the Venezuelan chef is from. <laughs> I, I need to try that. That's right. That sounds good, yeah. honestly. Yeah. A lot of uh, similarities, I guess, in Louisiana Creole cuisine and South American dishes, and so it's cool to see other chefs want to, you know, try their own version of a gumbo and, and come and compete in the heartbeat of where gumbo lives. You know, is is today right here in downtown New Iberia. So yeah, I would agree. Something also uh, really unique about this event, or really about the area, is gumbo of food is is key to our our culture. I think, and really a big part of our culture and a gumbo cooking a pot of gumbo a bowl of, i mean a, yeah a pot of gumbo and having family and friends over is is, is big in our culture as well so it is it, and so to have the teams come and the chefs come and you know they they get out here at five in the morning to start and uh you know you just what you can walk it's fun to be here at that time too because everyone takes a lot of pride in what they're cooking and and the teams they have 10 people around the pot of gumbo that they're cooking and you know, it's just it's fun to see so it's good food but it's a great time too. and the rules of that is they have to make everything on site correct they even have to start their roux on site at 5 a.m. That, that's correct the roux has to be cooked here there's a certain size of a pot that has to be used so you you know it, it could be easier if, if someone was using a smaller pot for smaller servings but 
there's there's the rules around that. You can pre um, pre prepare your uh, your vegetables things okay. like that to go in. So you can but, chop some onions and some some yeah. bell peppers ahead of time. Yeah, yeah. So we're not <laughs> probably saves a little bit of time. It does, right? it does. But you know, really, the skill is in the roux, right? And and cooking that roux, and that that is have to be done on site from scratch. Wow, that's. I bet it smells amazing it at does. about 5:30 <laughs> a.m. You know, once those pots are hot and and the oil's burning a little bit, and that's great. I'm gonna have to make sure uh, one year I get out here for the for the opening whistle. You know, yeah, it's it, it's worth the pain of getting up that early, I guess, uh, from the day before. And you know, we're, I don't know if you were here yesterday or not, but Saturday is an open cooking day, so the teams, if they choose to, they can cook whatever uh, they'd like to serve. So. Saturday's a fun day to be here too, and nice. and it's obviously things other than gumbo. A little that, more that, of a that tailgate. Cook. That's correct. Yeah, that's correct. So Saturday's like a good day too. Nice, nice. So thirty-two years. Well, thirty-three, I guess, with with the the twenty twenty year. But that's yes. it's a long time to keep an event rolling, and and um, solely off of volunteer sort of work. Um, you know, volunteer workers that that's are it. that are really throwing this together and. There's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of tickets being sold, the music, the production, the drinks, you know, it's it's really impressive. Well, I, I say volunteers, but there's also some fantastic sponsors that we have in the community sure. that have helped us put this together too from a financial standpoint. And they're getting some great exposure here as, as being a part of the, the gumbo cook-off, but obviously volunteers, sponsors, and the teams that are here cooking. We wouldn't have this event if we didn't have so many teams here. We have 76 teams here cooking. And, and we, we could, actually there were some that just didn't meet the deadline who wanted to get in. So, so you could have invited more if you wanted. You yeah. just gotta, you gotta keep things in order, I guess, before they sign up, you know? That's right, from a logistics standpoint, right. we just, we, we need to, we'll work at that. We have a, you know, a meeting to get everyone together, what worked, what didn't, how can we improve the event? We That's do that great. every year and, and we'll, we will keep making it bigger, better. That's it, man, and, and the gumbo's, We'll keep getting better. Um, right. I'm sure the the traditionalist might keep it as as uh, you know old school as they can with the taste. And I know booth number one yes. is a is a friend of ours, Mr. Curtis Louvier. He he's always a fan favorite. He always has the most packed uh, line, and I can never. Last year I couldn't get one. It was sold out ahead of time in about 45 minutes <laughs> since they started serving. So I guess I'm gonna have to go over there and make sure I get a bowl before go before talk that to goes. It's, it's just about yeah, it, oh, yeah. It is just about gone. And one of the fun things that the uh, the teams do when their pot's empty, they start banging the pot. Ah, so yeah. that that's the sig. That's a little competitiveness with the other teams because you know everyone wants to see who, who's gonna who's gonna sell out first. That's it. That's a sign that. They have the best gumbo from a, a fan standpoint, not that's only it. a judge standpoint. An old so. intimidation factor That's right. There. <laughs> yes, it is. You know, Bang the gong. That's <laughs> it, man. You, you know, the other thing I just to mention, too, that we did yesterday, we have a youth cook-off. So uh, youth teams, their parents help them, but it's a mentorship to try to keep, you know, the, the gumbo from generation to generation and, and have our, our, our youth participate and step up to to be the next ones to carry it forward so that's special yeah it is. they need to carry on these these recipes and that's these right. traditions and i know um my own grandparents they they want to instill these recipes into us and my my father cooks and i i guess i feel like i've i've taken his uh his his hand and you know spicing things and seasoning things mm -hmm. but there's no like uh secret black book or anything that it's like here here's all the recipes you know it's just kind of 
it's by eye, by smell, by taste, you know, so it's the Cajun way. That's correct. Yeah, there is no true recipe. I mean, there's a base recipe to follow, but it's all by taste and, and right. just instinct, I think, for, for a lot of right. these chefs. Repetition. That's right. The Cajun repetition. <laughs> That's so right. is, are you are you you're from Lafayette area or is your family from around here? or? Well, I, I grew up in North Carolina uh, and, and came to LSU, Louisiana State University, nice. and, and met my wife and stayed in the area. We've been in New Iberia since 2005. So one thing I mentioned at the chef's meeting, I'm, they would consider me to be a transplant, you know, not, not from here. So, you know, my first uh, gumbo cook-off many years ago, but I came and I just couldn't believe the event. There's this much fantastic food out here and, right. and you know, fun, drinks, music. It's just, I, I couldn't believe the event. So again, to have the opportunity to work at this level behind the scenes and help bring the event forward is, is a, a distinct privilege for me that's awesome so do you yep. do this year round do you have another job what what <laughs> no so uh, I'm, I'm work for brown and brown insurance okay and i'm a commercial um property and casualty agent okay so nice. that's that's what i do my my obviously the the day job right um and so next year i'll, I'll be moving on to be the uh, board chair for the greater iberia nice chamber of congratulations thank you thank nice. you nice uh, i'm looking a, forward to that yeah it's a uh, it's an upgrade right there. It is. And it so is. it probably comes with a lot of responsibility, a lot of it does. A lot of work coming coming at you for twenty twenty three, but I'm sure you're excited, man. And yeah, well I I tell you, like you said, the uh, the chamber board that's in place works very hard, energetic, so yeah, it, it is work, but it's fun to be a part of a group that is working toward that same goal and mission to help the community and help Iberia Parish prosper. And uh, we're all working again for that same mission. So it's right. it's fun to be a part of that and you don't have to do all the work when you got good people around you. That's you know? it. Yeah. And I'm noticing a, a trend, and at least talking to you and, and the rest of your 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 teammates, is mm -hmm. that you know the the main goal is getting tourism to Iberia Parish and right. getting people to come and, and taste Iberia, smell it, live here, stay here, visit the hotels, you know, see the music here and everything. Mm -hmm. So, being on Main Street, you kind of feel like, man, this is a this is an old school kind of kind of town right here and it, it needs a, a fresh sort of group of people to come through support the local bars support the food support the restaurants and okay. it's good to see well and some some just talking to people today hey how's it going what do you think and they, they're they're having flashbacks to, to to old times and and just say hey it's great to see main street packed and right. so many people on main street again everyone having a good time enjoying the food and so it's just it, it is it's it's and it's good to have people from other places coming here right. to, to enjoy themselves. Yeah, there's crazy history yeah. here. I yeah. mean, with Bayou Tesh, yes. with the railroads. I mean, it's 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 the sugar cane. I mean, it's a it's an old old timey place. And every time I come, I, I live in New Orleans. So every okay. time I kind of take Highway 90 it, yeah. it, during this time, especially you know the sugar cane's burning is it's a good time. So yeah, I was talking to someone from Tennessee last night, and he's like, yeah, I, I was driving down, and and there was a field on fire, and that, so I explained the process of of burning the cane field to, right. to get the roots out. And again, I, I don't know the, the whole process there, right? right? But Well, they're but harvesting I, but, yeah. and then they're gonna start fresh, so. That's right, that's right. And so, you know, just letting them know what's, what that was. And it is, there's a lot of, and that's a that's a neat thing to see too, when you're, when you're at night to see the fields yep. like that. It's just, it's really, you know, it's, again, it's ingrained in our culture and it is. fantastic. It is, it is. There's a whole industry over here and, and uh, a lot of people's families work in it. And uh, yeah. so being a, being a, a North Carolina transplant and, and being around gumbo so much, have you learned to cook a gumbo yourself or you're? 
No, uh, you know my my wife. I uh, I, I defer to her. <laughs> her her father she's was a the fantastic. Cajun. Yeah, and her father was a fantastic cook, and so she's learned that from from him. And you know, one, again, one thing I shared at the chef's meeting was having the gumbo here or you know uh, shrimp creole, those kind of things. I would go back to North Carolina. My father's from Monroe, Louisiana. Nice. And and he would he would do he would cook when we'd go home and. And I would just have to, you know, pull them to the side and say, this is good, but, you know. Yeah, you're, you're, you should you're, check you're, this out. You're missing your Louisiana roots uh, some, but because Carolina has a, has a different uh, style that they cook. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So, again, it's um, it's it's fantastic. There's good food all over the place for it sure, is. but it is. there's nothing quite like Louisiana food. And, and yeah. uh, traveling myself and seeing everybody kind of try their own rendition on a Cajun dish or a Creole dish, it's yeah. It's all, they should they should spend a little more time at the new Iberia uh, gumbo cook-off, it seems. So. I, I agree. Something interesting, too, uh, one of the, one of the uh, uh, chefs came and grabbed me yesterday because he heard I was from North Carolina, sought me out from us talking before and said, hey, we have a, a Carolina-style barbecue pulled pork nachos. What? We, we'd love for you to come try it. And I was like, let's go. Uh, <laughs> Take me to yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. And it, it was fantastic. Again, Carolina barbecue has right. its own style. So that was fun to, to have that. And that's that's the, the beauty of a Saturday, cook what you want. Yeah, right? so yeah, pull, the pull tailgate nachos. style. That's, that's right, nice. that's right. So it, it was it was fun to have him there and and uh, and for him to want to share what they were cooking. And they were, they were proud of it and they should have been proud of it because it was fantastic. And that's the beautiful thing, man. That's really my favorite part of all this is these food festivals and people really just showing pride to their own dish, their own sauce, their own way of cooking this kind of meat or whatever it is. And, and people are willing. People are willing to try it, you know. And I'm waiting for somebody to come and tap me on the shoulder and say, hey, come taste this. So <laughs> I've been here for about two hours. I ain't ate one thing yet. You, so. you, you need to move over, to, That's the, it. <laughs> over to the square. Last year I was in the mix of yeah. all the gumbo stuff. This year I'm a little off, off the beaten path, but that's all right. You know, I, I'm going to make my way over there, but good man i'm having fun it's a beautiful day the weather is again the uh the saving grace for any successful louisiana outdoor event and i'll, I'll keep saying that all day because uh i work in events as well and and i know that it's such a such a, a blessing whenever you see the weekend forecast and it's it looks just like it does it feels like it does so it's great, man. Yeah, last year was warm. It was in probably yeah. mid nineties. Yeah, and, I was and, sweating and, a little yes. bit last year, <laughs> especially standing over a pot of, 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 of gumbo. That's but, it. But uh, yeah, this year is beautiful. Uh, probably mid to low eighties, and even in the sun, it's not bad. But yeah, it's nice yeah, breeze. Some, some people say they can't have, they can't really eat a gumbo unless it's lower than probably fifty degrees outside, and yeah. I, I can understand where that comes from. A hot soup, and but. I think you can make an exception if you come to New Iberia on the second weekend of October, and you can you can try these 72 different, uh, sorry, 76, 76, 76 yeah. different <laughs> bowls of gumbo, and make sure you you do it if you've never been down here. But thank you again for sitting with me, man. I, I appreciate it, and congratulations for your your future role coming up next year. So. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it. Glad to have the opportunity to speak with you. That's it, my Thanks friend. Thanks for being here in New Iberia. Absolutely. Take care. All right. All right, all right. Can you hear me all right? And make sure you can hear I can yourself. hear you fine. Oh, yeah. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. All right. Tell me your name, your full name, please. Uh, my name is Aaron Vogel, and they call me Big A. Big A. My name is Jeff Fitter, and... They don't call me Big A. <laughs> yeah. 
So where are you guys from? Where are y'all coming from today? I am from St. Well, originally you're yeah. from St. Louis. Re- yeah, I'm so used to saying I'm from <laughs> St. Louis. I, I do live in Sherman, Texas now, which is about an hour north of Dallas. Nice. Yes. And I am from St. Louis, just a little south. Nice. And y'all are here in New Iberia, Louisiana, here on West Main Street. Mm-hmm. We, we sure are. kicking it on a beautiful day. Beautiful. Y'all cooking gumbo, too. We cooked a little bit, yeah. I don't know, something, I don't know, like... It was 48 50, gallons. 48 gallons. I was just, say 50 just gallons. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Just just a little bit of gumbo. <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> that would feed a whole city in, in Missouri, I'm sure. <laughs> well, like. a couple of them down <laughs> where, from, where we're from, yeah. Yeah. We did the math earlier, and it was 1,000 cups, over 1,000 cups that we handed out. That would definitely feed the, the cities that we're from. So you, you, you saw talking about telling the story. So Aaron and I are actually... Uh, we knew each other long before this. Uh, Aaron actually worked for the barbecue place that I bought in St. Louis uh, long before I bought it, long before I started cooking with them even. I started cooking with them in 2001. Mm-hmm. When did you start Super Smokers? I started in 98. 98. So uh, mm-hmm. he's been at it a little longer than I have. Mm-hmm. You were on the barbecue cooking team. I was team on the cooking team. Before, yeah. yeah. Yep, 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 yep. So how does barbecue uh, transition into 2022 gumbo cook-off? Well, uh, a couple different ways. First, for the two of us, uh, Curtis Louvier, who is uh, the winningest gumbo cook-off champion in the World Gumbo Cook-Off Championship uh, history. I think it's, I don't know, what is he at, like 247 mm-hmm. or something like that? It might be 10, but I'd like to I'd like to make the numbers as high as <laughs> oh, possible. Yeah. Let's if, you're tell a nor- if you're tell a story, it might as well be a story, right? 48,000 <laughs> right. gallons. Right. you, you got to remember, we are in the barbecue business, so we <laughs> inflate true. all those numbers. It's like bass fishing. It was this big. <laughs> yeah. um, so, uh, actually, Aaron and Aaron and I, well, Aaron worked with Kernis when he was up in St. Louis. Uh, he was actually uh, brought up to St. Louis uh, by a gentleman named Jackie Smith. Okay. Uh, played football for the Cardinals. Uh, way back in the day uh, to uh, uh, open and run a Cajun restaurant in St. Louis. And that's how we met uh, Kernis. And Kernis obviously lives here in New Iberia, cooks in the gumbo cook-off, and well, we take a few vacation days and get to come down here and dabble. Now, now personally for me, um, uh, I got to know Kernis so well. Um, and uh, like Aaron, I mean, he's, he's, he's like the older brother I never had. Um, he uh, uh, inspired me to, when I bought... Uh, well, I kept telling him all these years when I left the corporate world and I was going to open up a barbecue joint, it was going to be barbecue and Cajun. He's like, no, you're not. Uh, yeah, I yeah. am. Well, eventually I bought Super Smokers about five years ago, my wife and I did. And when we opened our second location, we opened it as Super Smokers Barbecue Plus Cajun. So we actually do Cajun uh, in our restaurant up in St. Louis as well as barbecue. So, so is it Cajun dishes? Is it... You know, we, we do so. We cook the the, the world championship gumbo seafood gumbo uh, uh, recipe that's uh, that's cooked. Well, pretty close to it, anyways. Uh, that's cooked here. Uh, we cook at our restaurant. Uh, we do chicken and sausage. We do etouffees. We do po' boys. We do jambalaya. We make boudin in house. Nice. So, so we we we're we're you know I, I I won't call us a scratch kitchen, but we're not far off. And is it the same recipe from from Kernis? Uh, Kernis helped us uh, refine the recipe. Wow. Now, now look, we're 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 north of the Mason Dixon line, right? So we're 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 Yankees for sure up there. Uh, but uh, so there's a few tweaks to make it more St. Louis style. Nice, nice. Uh, but uh, you know, we we stayed as traditional as we could uh, for the most part. 
And what about what about te- you know what's going on in Texas? How'd you how'd you get over here in New Iberia from from where your uh, hometown right now is? Well, like Jeff was saying, you know, we started cooking back in the early 2000s together. Um, it was always on my bucket list to uh, make it to New Iberia for the World Championship Gumbo Cookoff. Uh, I'd been saying for years, yeah, he, every year he invites me, and I say, I'll. One of these years, Curtis, I'm going to make yeah. it. I'm going to make it. And uh, last year was my first year here. You know, coming back this year, I I couldn't say no. Right, right. And no, I already <clears throat> y'all were on Curtis's team. That's always my my first stop is booth number one uh, when I get here. And of course, I'm always late because he sells it out in about 45 minutes. Right. But Luckily, he had a little little pot still still brewing over there, and little he said, taste. "Hey, little taste, come come get some of this little little batch right here." So, man, me and Curtis, we we're friends now, so I, right. I'm a fan of his his dishes, and uh, he, he's one of the greatest chefs that I've gotten a chance to meet and taste his dish. So, now as far as Cajun flair, where I'm at at Cackle and Oink Barbecue, I don't have uh, Cajun cuisine and experience like Jeff does. But uh, we do a thing called Texas Gumbo. Really? Yeah, and it's actually very, very famous. Nice. Yeah, and I am the originator. Nice. All right, so. We're going to have to come try that sometime. And listen, it, Aaron's, Aaron's a little too humble. Uh, he'll have to tell you the, oh, the, the magazine. I don't remember the name of the magazine. But, but Cackle and Oink Barbecue, which, by the way, I believe, now, now you're here and you can dispel this rumor if I'm creating one, but... Cackle and Oink Barbecue, named after the original rub at Super Smokers Barbecue, Cackle and Oink. Correct. CNO. Uh, uh, Aaron's little little slice of heaven was named the number one barbecue destination in America. America. In America, mm-hmm. that's pretty big. Mm-hmm. What, what 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 magazine was that? Travel awaits. Travel awaits. <laughs> that's that's kind of a big deal. They're up the up and coming uh, Zagat. There you go. There you go. So and barbecue is not an easy category to uh, in Texas, no yeah, less. In yeah. Texas, there's there's some pretty big competition there. Actually, uh, out of the whole country, three of the teams were from Texas. It's crazy. We had Blacks Barbecue in New Braunfels at number two, and right. Aaron Franklin's at Franklin's Barbecue in Austin, number four. Yeah, nice. Texas got it going on, man. And I mean, I know Missouri does too with the barbecue. Barbecue's got a bigger. Uh, category than than something like gumbo or something like a Louisiana dish, you know. You, you come to right. New Iberia and like, okay, yeah, I know I'm getting 76 teams of gumbo, but you go and you, oh, I'm gonna try the number five barbecue in the country, but there there's a lot of people that are competing for that title, you know. So it's it's interesting to to get to talk to y'all, and I, I do see the the that's Stephen F. Austin, right, on your Tarleton State University in Stephenville. Okay. Well, it's okay. I, I, it's okay. I, I, my so daughter, my daughter's McNeese. gonna be smacking her head when she hears. This. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> no, it, it was the purple and white. I went to McNeese State in Lake Charles, and they're mm-hmm. uh, same conference as Stephen F. Austin, so Nacogdoches, Texas. So I thought that's what it was, but it's a different. You're forgiven. Different I won't, I won't, I won't. logo. Yeah, we won't hold it against you. There you go. And then Super Smokers and Cajun dishes. I've been, um, I've been to St. Louis, and I've eaten at. Uh, is it Broadway? Uh, Broadway Oyster Bar. Oyster Bar. By, yep. Right by the yep. the Cardinals right by the stadium. Stadium. Yep. Yep. Is yep. that have anything? Because I know they they do like a New Orleans cuisine as well. They do. They, um, now they they cook more probably Creole. Okay. Versus Cajun, uh, but definitely uh, definitely good food. 
Uh, obviously, lots of oysters. Right. Uh, they, they, uh, they, funny, they got oysters and, and a right. good bit of seafood coming up in the middle of the country right Correct. there. Correct. Uh, well, you know, it's right on the Mississippi, so it's an easy... It's really not an easy drive, but it's just north. Right. Just north of, of, the, right. of the port here. You just got to go upriver on the Mississippi. Uh, a couple hours. <laughs> You'll get right? there. A couple hours. <laughs> row, row, row your boat. <laughs> right. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I, I see that trend happening more often than not, and it's all these restaurants all over the country just saying, hey, try our Cajun sandwich or right. try our Cajun pasta or you, whatever you know, it is. It's crazy that there's not more Cajun in St. Louis. There's a huge uh, French influence in St. Louis. Uh, actually, uh, the old port for St. Louis was right there in Soulard, uh, huh. which is uh, where uh, we were just talking about, ironically, uh, the second largest Mardi Gras in the United States is held. Uh, in St. Louis and Soulard, and uh, there's a huge uh, French influence there. And there's actually a couple of, of Cajun Creole restaurants up there, but there's probably, I don't know, uh, including ours, maybe six, five or six Wow. Uh, in St. Louis. Uh, so it's it's not something that's super popular, uh, but, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're giving it our best our best crack. Uh, uh, Kernis, we call him Lou. Uh, Kernis is... Uh, uh, widely known down here not only for his gumbo but for his uh, backbone stew they call him backbone stew Lou uh, and uh, we actually had that on our menu up in St. Louis Wow uh, uh, for a while but it, you know it's it's St. Louis and, and it's it takes a little bit to catch on so we'll, we'll keep we'll keep making it we'll keep right it to them but uh, eventually eventually they'll they don't know what they got until they don't know they don't know what they got right but the people that come in they're like oh my god this is great what is this Sporks too, right? You know, but uh, for me, cooking there, uh, you know, my whole goal is to uh, is to cook the Cajun food. That if I went and sat down with with Curtis and Miss Joan, his wife, and, and sat down at their dinner table and had dinner with them, I want to serve my customers what I'd eat if I was at his house. Uh, and so that's that's the toupees we make, the gumbos we make, the jambalaya we make. That's the goal behind it. Well, that's that's really good to hear because I always get paranoid when I see. All these restaurants trying to do a Louisiana thing or a Cajun thing, but if you're learning from Curtis Louvier and his his cookbook, then take it, spread it. That's you know, right. do That's do right. anything you can from what that man's brain has created for Louisiana cuisine because I mean it's he's he's living it, you know. He is. So that's that's really cool to meet some other people that are doing doing it and, and kinda carrying it on in another place. Well, so we're trying. That's yeah. awesome, man. So where you said Sherman, Texas that's north of Dallas, and you, is that um, that restaurant still getting? There you go, cackle and oink. That's a nice logo too. Is it is it still getting a lot of visitors from that article or from uh, uh, travel uh, awaits or? Absolutely nice. I, I mean, uh, we had to hire more people. Uh, we had to put in more tables and chairs. Um, it it's been an experience, I tell you. Yeah, I mean you're building that business from the ground up. It's, it's you know you may have started mom and pop style, and then now somebody comes and writes, hey, this is the best thing to touch down since sliced bread. Look, still you know? mom and pop style. His wife still tell him all the things to do. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's oh, not yeah. changed. It's she, not changed. She's the real boss. I tell people, I'm just a dumb cook that loves to cook outside, playing with knives and fire. Um, <laughs> And, that, and that's the honest God truth. I don't think we're doing anything more special than any other barbecue joint, you know, that's been recognized across the country. 
Um, you know, I, I think that it's it's the 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 passion, the the work ethic that was instilled, uh, or or that he learned uh, from the, and I learned from the same people he learned from. He just got to cook with them seven days a week versus uh, you know once a month or so when we went on competitions. But you know, I, I, and, and you correct me if I'm wrong because I know that we're doing the same thing uh, at our restaurants. Every day is a new competition for us. And, and every single piece of meat that goes on there is, is rubbed with the same care and love that we rub when we go compete in Memphis and May or, or whatever competition we go to. I agree so with that. So it's, it's, it's every day. It's, it's, when it comes off, I'm, I'm rating it to see if it would I turn that in the blind box. And that's what I'm feeding the people. And I think, that, I think that's the same thing for you. And the people walking in the door paying their money are our judges. That's exactly right. Every customer is a judge. Yeah, exactly right. And, and they're, they're kind enough to leave their, uh, their findings on Google and, and Yelp and oh, yeah. <laughs> Facebook. And They'll tell you exactly what they think. Exactly. <laughs> Do you feel like all categories of food have that same type of passion behind maybe, maybe their own restaurant or their work ethic behind their restaurant? Um, absolutely, yes. Uh, some that uh, that comes through in the food that they serve. Right. Uh, others, uh, not so much. I, you know, I, we were talking about this the other day. Um, it's really interesting to me. Um, you can tell, I can tell, and maybe maybe I'm a poor judge, but I can tell, or the wrong judge, I can tell if somebody's in a bad mood, plating the food, cooking the food, um, uh, taking the order uh, by. The, by that, I don't know, you want to call it a vibe, mm-hmm. what they give you, right? Um, if the food isn't plated real nice, well, that, that person's probably not having a great day. Right. Uh, but but when, they're, when they're on, when they're happy, when they're, when they're in the right culture, when they're in the right moment, man, the plate looks great, the food looks great, the food tastes great, everything is the way it's supposed to be. So, yeah, I think it, in St. Louis, uh, obviously, we're heavily influ- influenced with the uh, uh, Italian. Uh, there's, we have a hill, we have a whole... We have a whole subculture in St. Louis, just just all Italian. Really? Uh, oh yeah, it's it's. Uh, I don't know. I guess people from Chicago would probably argue with me, but it's probably the second best Italian in America, next to New York. Um, uh, the the Hill uh, is is definitely compared to Little Italy up in New York. Uh, food and uh, uh, not just food wise or quality wise, but the people as well. Uh, but, uh, you know, barbecue in St. Louis is a lot like that. I mean, there's a lot of barbecue restaurants in St. Louis, small mom and pops, uh, local chains. Um, uh, you know, we have, I think, one Dickies, where Dickies is much bigger down in Texas. Mm-hmm. But um, so it's, uh, it's, an interesting com- it's an interesting competition uh, uh, from the perspective of, you know, um, you might go to Pappy's and get ribs. You might go to Sugar Fire and get pulled pork. You might come to Super Smokers and get brisket. You might go to Beast Crab Barbecue and get snout. So there's there's a lot of different places you can go, and uh, they all cook great barbecue. But but everybody likes something specific at those locations. Right, right. And is it the same way in Texas? Absolutely. Yep. I Beef ribs, brisket. Uh, we were one of the first ones 20 years ago to roll out pulled pork in Texas. Uh, now it's neck and neck with our brisket sales. Nice. Wow. And I think that's what people what what keeps people coming back is is a consistent restaurant. You know, they want kind of that same feeling every time they go back and they're like, well, I remember this burger being really good and I need this burger to be this good every time I go back. And I think you almost lose a a fan base if if you're not consistent. And and I hate to say it, but it's so cutthroat. It's like you you mess up up one time and you you miss opportunities to 
you're only hold as good on as, to those yeah, fans. You you're know? only as good as your last meal. That I know it. Correct. I know That's it. Correct. Well, it's uh, it's just an honor to sit here with with two chefs, you know, that do the thing all over the country and to come down to New Iberia and and team up with Chef Louvier and and get on his team and really get on get on the gumbo train man that's mm-hmm. awesome and i know that y'all are probably soaking in some inspiration to take back to y'all's for restaurants sure. with you and and that's awesome so thanks for at least spreading louisiana culture the right way you know not not really exploiting it and some people might just say throw cajun on right. on this and we'll just throw a bunch of cayenne on it and, <laughs> yeah. and call it that but it seems like y'all at least know what's real and and how to spread that to the people so Listen, if we uh, if we did if we did something like that, Kernis uh, would pull our cards. Good, <laughs> we wouldn't. Good, I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad, man. I, and and I'm telling you, he knowing him the last year has just been really great, and eating his food and seeing how he really gives back to the culture and and just kind of keeps it going with with his dishes is it's great, man. So any friend of his is a friend of mine. So it's great to meet y'all, and nice and then I know y'all know. My man Dave right there with Cajun 180. Yes. Y'all, y'all cook with any of his spices on y'all's barbecue? You know, I'm just being introduced to him this weekend. It's the first oh, time yeah. I've met him. Yep. Same here. Yep. I'm sure he'll send you with some, some oh, samples. I, I'm already packed up. That's, I'm already packed up. That's right. Yeah, you got to try them out on, on uh, anything. They yeah. go Everything. They go good yep. on everything. So Cocktail rim, everything. Yep. That's it, man. Ice cream? Ice cream. Probably. I don't Ice cream. know. Maybe it can happen. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not against it. I'm not going to. Yeah. I'll try anything once. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I hope y'all have a good rest of your weekend here. And I know y'all took some vacation days to come down to Louisiana. So really enjoy it, man, and uh, live it up. Hey, thank you for having us. Absolutely. And Appreciate who that? We got a little bit of the Saints games left. So. That's right. That's right. Great to meet y'all. You too. Take care. Thank you. Thank y'all so much once again for clicking on another episode. Don't forget, in Delcom, Louisiana, on Saturday, November 5th, we have our next seafood and farmers market you can check that out you can check out our list of vendors on the website you can make sure you order the freshest seafood thank you again to the city of new iberia for letting me come out there set up my booth on main street i really enjoyed talking to everybody and anybody who wanted to come and and let us know what they were feeling about the gumbo today and let us know what you know what what went down at the wonderful event of the world championship gumbo cook-off Thank you to the Iberia Chamber of Commerce. We really, really appreciate all the partnerships over the last few years. It's all about Louisiana culture here. We want to see the tourists come through. It's a busy time of the year. October is always a great time to visit Louisiana. If you haven't done so, make sure you check out any list of events happening all over our state for the rest of the season. We got a lot going on pre-holiday season. I do my annual toy drive starting on November 20th and ends on December 23rd. If you'd like to make a donation, please contact me and uh, I'll make sure I get your toys however I can all across the state of Louisiana. I can smell the roux cooking, y'all. I got to go before it burns. I don't want to mess up this gumbo day. It's a very special time in South Louisiana. Make sure you hug your loved ones. Make sure you move around a little bit and just go outside, breathe in that fresh air. We'll see you next time on Hold the Gravy Podcast.